I'm, I'm going to read one verse, but I want to give a little introduction before that I read this verse. Uh, you, you know, when you come to the Lord, I think if we're not careful, we can get in our mind that that is the end of the journey instead of the beginning of the journey. We start a journey with the Lord the moment that we get saved. And that journey is never complete until we're in his likeness and in his presence. And through that whole process of time, none of us know how long that will be from the time that we say yes to the Lord and he redeems us and saves us. We have no idea how long it will be before we see him face to face. But in that period of time, I think that we need to grasp that we need to grow in the Lord. You don't receive it all when you get saved. You don't receive it all when you consecrate your life to the Lord. You don't receive it all even though you've been filled with the Spirit of God. You don't receive it all because you've been sanctified. We grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think if there is anything that we battle today more than anything else, it would probably be the battle of complacency that we feel like that we have reached a place in our life and come to a place in our life where that we no longer need to expand, we no longer need to grow, and we no longer need to mature. But you know, there's no fool like an old fool to go your whole life and never learn anything. And I never want to stop learning from God's word. And the thing of it is, is God has a plan in place for us to know how that we can grow or how that we can increase spiritually in the Lord. And that's what I'm talking about, how that we can increase instead of going backwards, moving forward and doing more for the Lord. I'm not content with my life. Are you content with your life? Well, I'm done. I mean, if you're content, there's no need for me to preach. If you have arrived, I haven't arrived, have you? I don't, I don't think that this church is done growing. I don't think we've reached our full potential. I don't think there's a preacher in this sanctuary that has reached your full potential. I don't think there's a singer that has reached your full potential. I don't think there's a deacon that's reached their full potential. I don't think there's a lay person in this congregation that can say, I'm everything I want to be in the Lord. And this maturity comes through the teaching of Christ. Probably the best example of it that I could find was in Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. The Bible closes out this chapter with a simple saying. You know this saying when I read it. It may not be familiar to you on the location of it, but you know it. We now have Jesus that's gone before religious leaders. He's 12 years of age and amazed them at the knowledge that he had as a 12-year-old. And he was confounding them with the statements that he was making. But after he made those statements, don't forget, he is God manifest in the flesh. He is still man and he still has to grow and he still has to mature. And the Bible says in verse 52, and Jesus increased 
in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. How many of you would say this with me tonight? I want more. I, I want more. Call me whatever you want to call me, but I want more. I'm not satisfied. I, I'm not content. I don't think that you just reach a place where you coast the rest of the way in. Things may change, but we should never stop wanting more. And when people stop wanting more, that's when they stop coming to church and when they stop praying and when they stop reading their Bible because they don't want anymore. They feel like I've got all, all that I want. But the Lord himself saw the need to increase. Now, if Jesus is our example, we need to increase. And if we're going to mature and grow and increase in the Lord, and the Bible says we are to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and if we're to grow and increase in the Lord, he gives us here four steps that has to be taken. You can't take them out of order. You have to take them just the way that it's written here. First of all, he says, we need to increase in wisdom. We never stop learning. Do you know that you can only think on the level that you live? You can't think beyond something that you haven't experienced. And as you go through life, you need new wisdom every day. I need new wisdom every day. And, and I don't reach the place where I know how to handle all situations at all times. And there'll be things I face in the future that I'll still need, the wisdom of God. And if I'm not careful, I can get content to let the life that I'm living and the level that I'm living dictate to me that that's as far as I can go. But it's not. We need more wisdom. Someone made a statement to Candy and I the other day. They had no idea. In fact, I didn't plan to even, I've had this prepared for some time, but I didn't plan to even preach on it. And the Lord just said, tonight's the night. You've got a crowd that can take it. And uh, so that's why I'm doing it. But they made the statement, said, I, I prayed and asked God one year for wisdom. Every day, my prayer was wisdom, wisdom wisdom. And they said, at the end of the year, I didn't have one friend left. All new friends. Now, I'm not saying you discard people. It's just if you want more wisdom, you can't keep living on the same level that you're living. And if you're surrounding yourself by people that think it's fine at certain stages in your life to think certain ways, but sooner or later, you've got to grow up. You've got to expand your knowledge and expand your wisdom. I really don't care what your opinion about it is. There's some things that you can't compromise on, you can't change on, but there's other things you need to change on. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I threw away childish things. It's what the apostle Paul said. See, when you're a child, you have the right to think, think like a child. They don't know where groceries come from. They think that the groceries are just automatically in the refrigerator. But when you get older, you find out somebody got to work and somebody got to go get it and somebody got to pay for it and somebody's got to cook it. It's not just there. It's fine to think that way when you're a child. By the way, there's a lot of people that says constantly, hey, I've come to church now, I've shown up and done my part. Come on, it's, it's automatically gonna be there because somebody else has gotta bring it. 
When are you going to start bringing it? When are you going to do your part to cook up a good meeting? See, you surround yourself on that level and before long you start thinking that way and there's times that, like it or not, you find yourself maturing and you start understanding certain things and, and some of you even here, you have a hard time that you may be new to the church and you have a hard time, you're saying, I don't want to increase in, in my wisdom because I've got a certain level of thinking and you've got that certain level of thinking and you come in and some of you say, boy, this is the greatest place I've ever been. I love the presence of God, but you know, what we used to do in our old church. No, I, I don't know. Because I don't know what works there, but I know what works here. And sometimes people have a hard time with that. They, they have a hard time with coming in to a congregation where suddenly everybody doesn't get to sing every service. Could you imagine what kind of a meeting we'd have if everybody sang every service? And heaven help us if I let every one of you get up and say something. There's some I've worked for 20 years to get, to get to a place where they don't say anything. Because you say the wrong thing that's not in the spirit of God, it'll kill a service automatically. There's some things that you have to say, Lord, give me wisdom. Not only wisdom in dealing with others, but wisdom in understanding myself. If you don't understand where you're at and you don't understand why you do what you do and you don't get to the place where you ask God, why is this going on? Rebecca had these twins. She was pregnant with twins in her womb in Genesis 25 and she asked the question, these twins, they were... They were fussing in the womb. They couldn't get along inside while she was carrying these twins. And she said to the Lord, here she couldn't have children, now she's having twins. And she says in Genesis 25, why is it thus, Lord? Why am I this way? The Lord says, now that you ask, I'll tell you. He won't tell us until we ask him. Said the reason why there's two nations inside of you. And do you realize to this day, out of those two, those two boys that were born, there's still strife and contention and will be until Jesus comes. The Lord says, because that's the personality of those children, because there's two nations that's going to come out of it and they're going to strive with one another. Sometimes you have to say, why is it thus? Why am I like this? Don't go trying to help others till you figure out what's wrong with you. All you're gonna do is confuse people. You need wisdom. You've gotta have wisdom. All things can't stay the same. All things, all things can't remain the same. If we do the same thing every service, pretty soon it's gonna become a routine and you can tell yourself a thousand times, we just mind the Lord around here. The truth of the matter is, if you mind the Lord, you don't know what's gonna happen. I hear that so much, we mind the Lord around here, but I can tell you what's gonna happen before they ever start. Well, not going over too good. But you gotta ask yourself, why am I like this? Why am I moody? <laughs> why are my highs so high and my lows so low? Some of you right now, you want to help others, but the truth of the matter is you're in such a mess, you don't even know why you are why you are. And do you know why you can't figure it out? Because you don't want to ask God. But it all starts with wisdom. 
God gives us wisdom. If we're to grow in any other aspect of our life, in any other aspect of our ministry, if the church is to grow, we've got to say, Lord, prepare our minds and make us wise to what's going on around us. You cannot have wisdom, number one. Stature will never come without wisdom. Stature, of course, is referring to more than just height here. You've seen people take their grandkids, take their children, put them up against the wall, put a ruler against the, mark the wall, come back in six months or a year and mark the wall to see how much that they've grown. I think that's a good idea for us spiritually. But you cannot grow in stature until you first grow in wisdom. If you don't grow in wisdom, there's no need to expand yourself in any way. And a lot of people don't like being stretched. It's like some of you, let me give you a word of advice. If you're looking at any kind of a joint replacement, anything like that, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't go home and say, preacher said, don't get that done. No, but I will say this. If you're not going to do the therapy, you probably ought not get it done. And I'm here to tell you the therapy hurts. I watch people go through it. But if you don't stretch what's been damaged, if you don't expand your capability, if you don't even do it before you have the surgery, you're probably gonna have a lot of problems on the other side. We've got people right now bed fast just because they refuse to do the therapy because it hurt. Of course it hurts. That's our job. We can't grow in stature without some wisdom to say, if I'm gonna get this done, I've gotta commit myself to go all the way through it. It doesn't mean that I'll be better than new, but there's some things I've gotta make a commitment to. And the Lord says there's times that when you you get this wisdom, what starts happening, and I believe this is what the individual meant when they said I didn't have a friend. What starts happening is you start thinking on another level. And when you start thinking on another level, let me put it this way, you outgrow your environment. We have ferns on our front porch and a friend of mine years ago, he, he taught me about uh, watering system and I put in a little drip system so our ferns get water, the water that they need. And every day it drips just enough water into those plants to keep them going. Our goal at the beginning of the year is to get ferns as small as possible because even though that we get them as small as possible in as big of a pot as possible, when you water them and fertilize them and take care of them, do you know what happens? Before long, they bust the pot. They outgrow the pot. They get root bound and the roots will bust the pot. You've got to replant them in a bigger pot. Would somebody help me preach tonight? What is happening sometimes, we don't want to grow in stature. We don't want to grow in the spirit because suddenly we bust our environment. We can't sit around our dead friends anymore because they don't understand us. We look weird and we look strange to them. But all that's happened is we've just grown out of the pot. We've got bigger environment now and we've got more going on and we need more room because we're growing the way God wants us to grow. Just because you grow, though, don't become a smart aleck. Don't become arrogant about it. Just because you graduate, don't burn the school down. There's others coming on behind you. It's up to them to make up their mind. If I'm gonna grow in stature, well, how do you grow? You've gotta be stretched. Well, how are you stretched? By the word of God. I'm not here to make you feel good. 
My job is not always to tell you how wonderful you are. Sometimes God has stretched me and therefore I've got to try to stretch you. I've got to say some things that it'll probably bother you and absolutely irk you. And you'll go home and say, I don't know that I agree with that. But you know you hear it long enough and before long you start thinking on it and you start saying, you know what? There might be something to that. There might be something to what he's saying there because you cannot grow if you're not stretched and you're not expanded. You say, well, preacher, I just want you to tell me the same thing my past four pastors have told me. Well, why didn't you just stay with them then? Do you really want the same sermon every week? If God doesn't stretch me, he can't stretch you. And if you don't get to the place where that you understand Lord, give me wisdom because when you give me wisdom, you give me expansion. There is no need for us to pray for new people if you're gonna be mean to them. There's no need. There is no need for us to try to be obedient to God and do things to expand this church worldwide if you're gonna sit around and complain about it. You say, well, preacher, I don't, I hear it so much, I get sick of it. I don't think, we ought to keep that money for ourselves. It's not your money. Did you hear me? It's not your money. God didn't tap you as president of the bank of Rubyville Community Church. This church just didn't happen to start taking in offerings like we take in. It started years ago before some of you even came. Our leaders said, if we're gonna make it, we've gotta give to missions. We've gotta bless us. You know what they were doing? They were stretching themselves. They didn't have money for their own supplies, but they stretched themselves. And you know what I found out? The more I use God's wisdom and the more I stretch myself the more God pours his blessings out. Glory to God. You might have the capacity, but if you don't have the understanding, I know some people say, well, you know, there was a time I didn't agree with that, but you can't say that as you come into this church because there's things that, remember what I said earlier? Now, I don't like to tell on others, so I'll tell on me. Okay? Uh, When you're a young preacher, you go where angels dare to trod. You say the stupidest things. You do. I don't know why you do it. I don't know why you do it. I had somebody ask me when I was a boy preacher. They asked me about a particular preacher a couple, three hours from here. His ministry was growing and uh, they asked me about him and I said, I don't know about him. I said, I heard, see that's mistake number one. Do you know all y'all don't tell the truth all the time? Don't always believe it if it's at the barber shop or beauty salon that it's the truth. And for heaven's sake, don't believe it if it's on the internet. And I said, well, I, I heard that he don't, he don't shake all the hands of his people in this church. And then I, now here's the dumb thing. I said, I don't see how he can be much of a pastor. 
Stupid me. Preaching back then to 50 people, 75 people on a Wednesday night, and he had 7,500. Don't worry, I repented over it. At least I'm smart enough to know when I do something wrong, I'm gonna repent over it. I'm not gonna try to just make it right. And by the way, I apologize to him too. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm off base tonight. See, there's things that you say I wanna stretch, but you don't wanna do what it takes to stretch. Sometimes it's painful on us, and we've gotta to get to the place to say, you know, I don't always understand all of it, Lord, and it doesn't make any sense to me. Folks, I'm telling you, I have done the math, I've got the books, I've got the numbers from what came into this church, what it cost to build this church, what we gave away while we built this church, before we built this church, mathematically, it does not. It does not stand to reasoning, how you're in a place like this that God has provided and paid for. But you know what? I don't have to explain it all. All I've got to do is say, God, you said give us wisdom and he gave us wisdom to use his money and God's blessed us and he keeps blessing. Man, I'm already in overtime. Maybe I better quit. You sure? You got to get wisdom before you get stature. You can't go to the next level. No need to if you don't support it. No need to build bigger if you don't have the right footers in. You don't have the right support beams. It may not show initially, but it'll show later on. And when you do that, the next thing is you grow in favor with God. Now, this word favor, don't, don't let it confuse you. The word favor simply means grace. It's something that God did by grace as a favor to you. It's exactly what it means. It's more than money. The blessing is more than money. You understand that, don't you? Because you can have all the money in the world. There's some of you right now that if, if your problem is not money, I'm telling you, your problem is wisdom. You don't know how to use what you got. I said I was going to preach. <laughs> Are you ready for it? Uh, only half of you. You ready for it? If I gave you half a million dollars, if I had it to give, within six months, some of you'd still be in the same place you're in right now. Your blood on bubble gum, and tennis shoes. Take cars that are perfectly fine and buy bigger cars that's gonna break down just like other cars. We all have to have them, but you listen to me, automobiles are the worst investment you ever make in your life. They don't gain value. It's fine if you've got the money to pay for it and take care of it, but when you buy a $5,000 car and you wind up spending, uh, spending 25000 for it by the time you pay the end, that's not wise, people. Wisdom. Wouldn't do you any good to get it because if you got the same way of thinking, you're gonna do the same thing regardless of the amount that you have. Does that make sense? You can have it all, and if you don't have the wisdom to know what to do with it, then it doesn't do you any good to have it. Wisdom. So don't tell me you've got the favor of God. Oh, God gave me that. If you blew it, God didn't give it to you. 
No, God didn't give it to you. He won't give you something that will hurt you. And if you didn't have the wisdom to know what to do with it, and if you didn't have the stature expanded to prepare for what was coming when the blessing comes, God prepares us before he gives us the blessing. Otherwise, it will cause you to turn from God instead of to God. The favor of God. He puts the favor of God first. Joseph had favor when he was a boy among his brethren. He had favor with his father. He had favor when he was thrown in the pit. He had favor when he was thrown in to the palace. He had favor when he was thrown into the prison. He had favor when he was a second in Egypt. Every different level was a different circumstance, but he still had the favor of God on him. God says, I want to increase your blessings, but you've got to get the foundation in to receive what I have for you. Praise God. If you don't stop growing, God won't stop giving. <laughs> if you don't stop growing, God won't stop giving. In other words, God only gives to those that grow. He increased in wisdom, then stature, then favor with God. A lot of people, if God blessed them with a lot of money, we'd never preach to y'all again. You ain't got no money and you go on 22 vacations a year. I'm not against vacations. I'm gonna take one. I haven't had one three years. I'm gonna take one. I enjoy it while I'm going too. And you're gonna say hallelujah. I'm glad he's gone. I'm stretching you tonight. But we have to be stretched to receive more from God. He won't give the blessing until the foundation is in place. Your unbelief is what stops the increase of the Lord. God never runs out. You hear that? God never runs out. He has more and more and more and more and more. But the problem is, God's not gonna dump five ton in a half ton pickup. Are you with me? You've got to expand and be prepared to accept what God has. He has plenty of grace and he'll give you more grace and more grace and more grace and more grace, but you've got to be prepared for it. And you start with wisdom and then you expand out and God gives you blessings. And now let me, let me, let me hit this. I'm already in trouble, so I'll just go ahead and cut my nose off to spite my face. You never get too old to stop expanding. And you never get too knowledgeable to stop expanding. And you never do enough to stop expanding. God doesn't say when you reach a certain, now he may lead you into different areas. I met with a pastor friend today that he is, he, he is just stepped down from his church. And uh, we almost got him here in Rubyville. Praise God, I welcomed him with open arms. I said, come on, come on, come on. And uh, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a little jealous. He's the kind of preacher that uh, 
that, you know, he's, he's passing the torch after 45 years of pastoring, but uh, he's the type of preacher that, that I thought, Lord, I know he's got a deal signed on a house and I want the best for him, but he looked at one out around Memphis, be just fine with me if he gets that one. <laughs> I'd welcome him in. We, we love to shout it out together, go to church together. But I reassured him, you are changing, but God's not through with you. If you think he's through with you, you're wrong. You're just changing because now God says, you've, you've got the mantle off of you. The burden has been lifted, been faithful in ministry all those years. Serve faithfully for years and years and years. And I said, the burden is off of you, but that doesn't mean you're done. Caleb was 80 and he's still looking to get his mountain. Moses was 120, but his vision hadn't dimmed. The fire was still burning inside of his heart. God never runs out of blessings. But now, by the way, God won't load on you what he gave you when you were 20. So quit trying to be 70 and acting like you're 20. <laughs> oh, help me, Lord. <laughs> you can do what you want to, but you have to dress the part. Are you through with me here, Lord? Because this next one might get me done. <laughs> Being 80 years old and trying to run up and down these highways and going to all of these things, acting like you're 16 again, you're not 16. And your tattoo don't look like a rose, it looks like Droopy the dog. <laughs> and I'm not interested in your Speedo either. Somebody passed us by one day, Candy and I walking the beach. She said, what was that? I said, I don't know, but it sure needs ironed. <laughs> There's a time people amen this. But today, we want to act like something we're not. That's not wisdom. We're to teach the younger ones coming on behind us. We're to show them and be the example to the ones coming on behind us. Oh, I have more to tell you, but you can't bear it. God has more for you. Tell him, I want more. I want more. The last thing, wisdom, stature, favor with God and favor with man. That's the four steps of growth. Wisdom, stature, favor with God, favor with man. Now, why do you have favor of man? Well, Notice that he says favor of God first. The reason he says you get the favor of God before the favor of man is because you think man gave it to you. And God says, I don't want you dependent on man, I want you dependent on me. He said, I don't want you to think that your blessings come from man. Your blessings doesn't come from man, your blessings come from the God of man. So don't go to man to get your blessings, go to God to get your blessings. Then God will use man to bring the blessings to you. There's more. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, run over, there's more. There's more. We can have it if we want it. The question is, do we want it? The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse nine, 
Now listen to this. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong. You know what that says? God said, I've got blessings you don't know about. And I'm just looking for somebody that will expand themselves enough to receive what I have. I want to give you more if you'll let me. Will you let him? I'm not satisfied that 22 were baptized. Should have been 100. This world's ungodly. I'm thankful for the crowd tonight, but I'm not satisfied with this crowd. Should be double this. How do you grow? You gotta be faithful to the blessing he's already given you and faithful to the God that gave you the blessing in order to receive more. The favor of man is not like the favor of God. The favor of man is a sign. It's an opportunity where that God will take people that don't like you and the Bible says he'll even cause them that are your enemies to be at peace with you. The Bible says he'll take the heart of the king in his hand in Proverbs 21.1. He'll take the heart of the king in his hand and he said, like the waters is a river, he said he'll turn him in the way that he wants. God said, I, I can control this situation if you'll take your hands off of it and let me do it. We've got to expand. Lord, I want more. I want more. Do you want more? Do you want more?